Hi everyone and welcome to Teeth and Tales. I'm your host Dr. Shadi Manucheri and today's episode is on Invisalign with the wonderful Dr. Millie Morrison. I've been so excited for this episode for a very long time and me and Millie had a wonderful chat. The episode is kind of in two parts so the first part is about Millie and her journey to becoming an international speaker for Invisalign and going from a very, very busy mixed NHS practice, which is uh, something that I hear from a lot of young dentists who feel like they are stuck in a particular environment that they don't necessarily want to be in and they want advice on how to transition out of that. And me and Millie talk about our personal experiences and what we would advise to other, other dentists in a similar situation. In the second part of this episode, we talk about Invisalign Clear Aligner System, the process of getting Invisalign if you are considering it, some of the risks as well as the benefits of having the treatment. I am so excited to announce that this episode is very kindly sponsored by Enlighten. You may have seen me rave about them on my social media channels. I always get so many questions about teeth whitening, which brand I recommend and how I personally whiten my teeth. And the answer to all those questions is Enlighten. What's really special about Enlighten is that they guarantee a B1 shade. For those of you that don't know, B1 is the brightest natural shade of teeth that we have. And the greatest thing is that there are no dietary or lifestyle changes with Enlighten. So you can continue to drink your coffee and still whiten your teeth, which was the big selling point for me personally. For more information about Enlighten, please check out my social media channels. And now without further ado, let's get into the episode. Hi, Millie. Thank you so much for joining me today. How are you? I'm really well, thank you. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. I'm very excited for this episode because we've been waiting to do this for some time and I'm so glad that we finally found the time to do it. Before we start, could you tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do and how you got here, please? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, so um, I'm a general practitioner, so I'm a general dentist and I work in London. Um, I graduated in 2015 from Birmingham and I started working in sort of a busy NHS um, practice and I realised that I kind of wanted to do some slightly different dentistry um, to have a bit more time with my patients, create um, sort of deeper deeper relationships with my patients and get to know them a little bit better because that's what I really enjoy about our job so uh, um, meeting people and getting to know people and I was looking for a way of doing that so I actually started to do more orthodontics and when I first started doing uh, ortho I started doing fixed ortho so I did a lot of fixed and it's because I'm a little bit of a control freak so in my mind I had made it that with fixed braces I had more control over what was going on with the patient because um, everything was going, uh, everything that happens sort of happens in the chair and I can do small, small tweaks as we're going along. Um, but there were some frustrations. So I had quite a few frustrations with the fixed braces, you know, brackets popping off. They're not mm. as comfortable. It's quite difficult to clean around them. Um, so actually, uh, we have territory managers. So we've got someone from a line that sort of looks after us. And um, mine was called Alice and she came to see me and we were speaking about the frustrations and uh, sort of realized that actually perhaps Invisalign was a way out of those frustrations. So I could 
provide the kind of dentistry I want to do for my patients in a way that I want to do it um, for my patients. And so I moved over to Invisalign and oh my gosh, <laughs> it was like a dream come true. It was exactly sort of what I wanted to, to do. And I really took my time in learning it. So I started with the very simple cases and then built myself up um, and sort of within a, uh, within a year and a half of really um, diving in with Invisalign. Um, I became a speaker, so um, I now teach dentists how to how to do Invisalign, um, which is really exciting because I never thought I would be someone, uh, never thought I'd be a good educator, never thought I would be someone who could stand up in front of a crowd of people and, and teach. Um, you know, I, I was I went for social secretary at, at dental school as part of the dental society. I did get it, but the whole time I was doing my little speech, my knees were like wobbling. <laughs> I barely made it back to my seat because I was so nervous. I was shaking. Um, so it's just opened these um, sort of windows uh, of possibilities and um, has changed my life completely. So I've gone from sort of working five days a week in clinic um, to doing four days a week in clinic, um, still really busy, but having that one day set aside for teaching um, mm -hmm. other dentists um, and really encouraging encouraging dentists to do the kind of dentistry that they want to do, utilizing the techniques. And then um, I also support support them um, sort of on an online forum as well. So it's great because it's like this, this almost double life where I get to do two things I really, really love and enjoy. Um, which is is bizarre because I, I just told, told you I was terrible at public speaking at university. The other thing I was terrible at at university um, was actually ortho. And my first um, sort of report card uh, when we when we did our first module was Millie seems disinterested in the subject, <laughs> <laughs> which I now look back on now. <laughs> And I was like, gosh, I don't know why I was so disinterested in it, because now I love it and it's my bread yeah. and butter. And I'm all about sort of the sort of comprehensive, holistic care that we can provide with clear aligners. Yeah, I think it's just one of those things that the more you do, the more you get better at it. And at dental school, I really don't think it's a fair representation of what's to come. So I think it's just like a little taster session of what's to come in, in real life. You mentioned that you started in a busy NHS practice and I'm familiar with that practice and I know just how difficult it can be. So what would be your advice to dentists who are in a similar situation to you? They're stuck in a really, really busy practice. And I think when you're busy doing your day-to-day -day dentistry, you don't really have time to kind of take a step back. So what you've done is really incredible because whilst you were that busy, you realized that actually this is not what I want to do and that I want to do something else instead. And you transitioned out of that. And I know from personal experience of dentists reaching out to me for advice that a lot of people want to do that, but they might find that that's actually not realistic for them. They, they're not able to do it. So what would be your advice to people who are in a similar situation in really, really busy practice but they actually might not want to do that. They might want to take a step back to realize what they're actually passionate about and what they want to do. So that's a really good question. And um, I, I agree with you. I mean, as a, when I was coming out of dental school and I was in the practice, I was, it was um, quite daunting to sort of think about where I wanted to be and how, what I was going to do to get mm. there. And uh, in some ways I feel like I sort of fell into it, but when I actually look back on it, no, I did have a plan and I, I, I did mm. work really hard. One of the things, um, one of my best piece of advice is actually 
even like I'm still busy now <laughs> at that at that really busy practice I was uh, on the on the uh, pra- uh on the surgery right at the very end of the corridor and I literally we used to like run up and down the <laughs> corridor to get patients to save the seconds because we were so busy I mean I don't do the running anymore but we're still we, we're still busy um but one of the things is I just in really enjoyed it and I, I made the time to really speak to my patients and talk to my patients mm. and build up that that trust with them and then um I was looking for looking for ways that um sort of I could increase my skill level um go on courses um I also I'm a, I'm a big social person so I was always networking and socializing mm. with other dentists and under, trying to understand how they had got to where they, uh, they they wanted to be and maybe not following exactly in their footsteps but trying to work out what I could do to to then pre- push me forward to where I wanted to be um when we were doing the um well, when I started doing sort of more more short-term orthodontics um I wasn't we weren't we didn't I didn't go to my um, principal and go, All right, I need you to spend £5,000 mm. every month on this marketing campaign because I want to, I want to start this um, new skill. What I did was um, I was speaking to my patients and I was looking for, uh, looking within my own sort of patient sphere, who could benefit from this treatment and who would, um, you know, how can this, so how can I uh, increase my skill level while still providing um, the very best for my patients? And so that's where I started. The majority of my patients, um, you know, took up treatment um, mm. because we had this great trusting relationship and um, they could see the benefit and I could see the benefits. And, and once I could do that with my own patients, um, then, you know, my principal did turn around and say, OK, we can start marketing this now. We can start putting some budget aside to market it, this new skill to new patients and attract new patients in, in the door. Um, with that, I still had a busy, busy list and welcoming new patients is always difficult to find. So um, I was really lucky because um, I was working in a practice that was quite flexible on the on the hours. So I would come in before work and do consultations. I would do consultations at lunchtime and I would also stay late and do consultations. So I was extending my working hours to make time um, for, for new patients and Sort of it was it was quite tough it was quite difficult because it's quite I think I think um we actually our job's quite difficult in terms of the demand of our <laughs> on our um sort of activity levels and having to be sort of bright and active yeah. for, for at five o'clock as you are at nine o'clock so it was tough but it was never a long-term uh thing it was a sort of a short-term thing again trying to prove to myself and my principal and the practice I was working in that actually this does work and we can incorporate it into sort of our comprehensive dentistry approach. Um, and luckily uh, it all worked, it all worked out. Mm. So it was worth, worth the hard work. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think it's, it's one thing learning from other dentists about their journey and what worked for them, but at the same time, you have to be quite cautious of not comparing yourself to them as such, because everyone's journey is different. And I think with comparison, Um, you have to find out what inspires you from other people's journeys and try and adapt that to your own life because everyone's journey and everyone's life working life is different everyone's circumstances is different for me it was always about taking a step back and not being scared to almost not be busy and make time for the right kind of patient so I think for everyone there's a certain way of doing it 
Um, I, I don't think I can handle being too busy. I think I would have had like 10 mental breakdowns a day. Um, but for you, that worked. So I think it's about finding what works for you and not being scared to take the plunge and just say that exactly like you said, this is short term for this long term goal that I'm working towards. So don't be afraid to almost make that transition, because if you don't make that change, no, no one's going to essentially hand it to you on, on a plate. It's down to you to make your job what you want it to be, essentially. Oh, yeah, I completely agree. I mean, I completely agree with um, sort of comparing yourself to, uh, to other people. And it, it is quite difficult sometimes because you gosh, oh, my gosh, this person's um, sort of two years older than me or two years younger than me. And look at everything they've achieved. Yeah. What am I doing? Um, you said, what am I doing? I should be here. I should be doing this. And you're completely right. Taking a step back and going, actually, no, this is what's important to me. This is where I yeah. am now. Um, and this is my plan to push myself, push myself that little bit further I did yeah. I, I think I did probably have about 10 mental breakdowns a day <laughs> <laughs> but it was short but, term <laughs> yeah short term but I've always been uh, you know um, ever since I was a child my parents have always told me that I'm a I'm someone that burns the candle at, at both ends yeah. so I like being busy I'm one of these people yeah. that like quite a lot to do um, yeah. if I um, gosh in lockdown last year when we couldn't work for four months three three months yeah. um I almost went crazy I mean I was there I was like to Alex my partner he was still working from home I was like oh no I mean no, I just need to take down these big wardrobes and he was like Millie these wardrobes are twice the size of you you can't take them down all by stuff it was like no Alex I have to do it today <laughs> because I was I didn't really have that much to do I wasn't as busy yeah. as I normally was and I sort of I I really struggled actually um yeah. I really did, did struggle with that sort of lack of projects I mean I think all our furniture got repainted. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about Invisalign in in detail. I'm sure everyone's probably heard of Invisalign by now, but we're going to talk a little bit more about what it is and how it works and what is the process of getting them essentially. And I think you're the perfect person to speak. Uh, about this so just in simple terms for people who might not be familiar with Invisalign what what actually is it what is Invisalign so Invisalign is a type of brace so um, I'm sure we all have seen or maybe remember the teenage days when uh, us and our friends had these great big metal train track braces on our teeth so that's that's sort of the more traditional braces and Invisalign has sort of turned the orthodontic world on its head by creating clear aligners which are clear plastic um, sort of retainers that go over your go over all the surfaces of your teeth and instead of um, sort of the train tracks moving the teeth what you do is you have a series of these aligners so you might have one to 10 one to 20 one to 30 and each aligner is slightly offset from the aligner before so what happens is as you change onto your next aligner week by week the teeth are sort of gently and gradually moved from that initial point to that end end position. Um, So, I mean, it's fantastic because it just moves the teeth in sort of the perfect way. And uh, a lot of my patients like to take photos sort of week on week, and you can just see these small changes week Mm. by week um, as we create sort of their perfect um, smile. Yeah. And how how does it work? So it, it, 
it's difficult. I mean, before we start, before I started using it, I didn't understand how it actually worked because it's a clear aligner and suddenly it starts to move the teeth. But there are a few things that we do in terms of placing, preparing the teeth <clears throat> for the aligners yes. and that's how um, Invisalign works. So what are some of the, the adjuncts, if you like, to treatment um, that we uh, use yeah. and how we move the teeth? Absolutely. So the um so the clear aligners themselves are made out of uh, out of a sort of smart plastic. So actually, if you think of if we're comparing it just to the traditional braces, if we think of the clear aligner as the wire, so the wire that, that sort of joins you together. So the clear aligner is made of this smart plastic, and that in itself is putting some forces onto on, onto the teeth. And because each aligner is a slightly different shape those forces are pushing the teeth into, into, the, into the neck shape and then onto the neck shape of the aligner. So gradually you're moving from that start to end position. In terms of what we actually do to the teeth, so there's some these things called attachments and these are sort of white filling material, um, the blobs, but sort of <laughs> special shape. <laughs> um, they're specially shaped um, and what uh, if we think of these as the brackets of traditional braces these um, allow the aligner to interact with the tooth in a sort of special way so it increases the predictability it increases the efficiency of how the mm. aligner puts the force onto the tooth so mm. the movements happen quicker better um, and also it means that um, we can move do more complicated movements um, so movements that wouldn't be possible without these attachments yeah absolutely and these are the attachments that are temporary so it's exactly like brackets we put them on the teeth and then it removes them at the end and they're very very discreet so you know as you very um cleverly said it's the just the white composite blobs that we put on the teeth and uh, that's how we put pressure on the teeth to move them um, there's something else we do into proximal reduction to get space. So if there is crowding to get space and this is, you know, taking away the enamel a little bit like millimeter fraction of a millimeter to get space. What's your opinion on uh, interproximal reduction? Because I know a lot of patients are worried that it might not be safe. You know, as soon as we are talking about taking away a little bit of tooth tissue, everyone is kind of worried um, that we might be damaging to the teeth. Absolutely. So when we think of interproximal reduction, or I like to describe it as slenderizing, um, because it just it, it I, I think that we can understand that a little bit a little bit better. Um, so I always call it slenderizing. And when we're thinking about slenderizing, as you um, correctly said, we're thinking about creating space. And when we're creating space um, within the Invisalign system, there's a few different ways we can do it. So one is taking out a tooth. But if we take out a tooth, we can't put that, you know, can't put that tooth back in. That's a very mm. irreversible process. And unless we have a tooth that, you know, is really unhealthy and needs to be taken out, as dental, oral health professionals mm. and people who are trying to look after your oral health, we don't really want to, to take teeth out. We don't need mm. to. Another way we can create space is if you imagine all your teeth sort of in their line, um, if we push them outwards, so push them towards the, the cheek then that's increasing the length of the arch or increasing how much space we have um, to move the teeth into. So we can do that, but there is a limit to how far we can push the teeth mm. without pushing them through your bone. And again, mm. we don't want to start pushing teeth sort of right out, out, the, out the sides of your bone and into your cheeks. We've got to work within our safe limits. 
So the other way we create space is our interproximal reduction or slenderizing. And, and as you said, this is where we go in between the teeth and we remove a small bit of enamel. Now, the maximum amount of enamel we're going to remove is sort of 0.5 of a millimeter from in between the teeth. So that's 0.25 of a millimeter from each tooth. So we're talking about a quarter of a millimeter. Um, and the great thing about Invisalign is because we digitally plan the case before we touch your teeth, Actually, we've planned it in a way to make sure that it, it's very safe. Um, we've taken all the necessary precautions to reduce it as much as possible. And we know exactly how much we need to remove. When we come to the removing process, so when we come to the slenderizing, we use specific techniques and we have um, tools and tricks to make sure that, again, we're, we're taking away exactly what we need, not too much, but also not too little. When we look at the research behind um, the interproximal reduction or slenderizing, the research shows that as, that as long as you are sort of looking after your teeth in a normal mm. way, so you're brushing and flossing, there's no higher risk of decay, so dental decay, and there's no higher risk of gum disease. So actually, because we are doing it in a controlled way, I think it's relatively safe and it, mm. you know, it gives us the ability of getting your teeth straight. And if we think about straight teeth versus unstraight teeth or crooked teeth, actually having straight teeth have a lot of benefits they're easier to look after so we're reducing the, that risk of the gum disease and the dental decay but it, additionally it's also easier for us to carry out any work that we need to on your teeth if they're straight so mm -hmm. therefore any quality of your dental work any dental work you may need increases and improves as well yeah, that's a that's a great point, actually, because it's so difficult to keep crooked teeth clean because, you know, even for us as dentists, if we're doing a clean or for hygienists, it's difficult. So straightening the teeth not only has that aesthetic benefit and obviously psychological benefit, but actually it improves the health of your overall um, mouth and your oral health. What are some of the risks that are associated with Invisalign? We said attachments and interproximal reduction are very safe. We're within the um, limits of enamel, so we're not damaging and the research is not showing that we're doing any sort of extra damage with IPR. But what are some of the risks of having Invisalign? I think there are the risks of Invisalign, some are general for everyone. Uh, so things like, um, you know, it's not going to work if you don't wear it. <laughs> Yeah. So it's really crucial you're wearing it for 22 hours a day and you're following our recommendation because this is giving the ideal um, force onto the teeth so we actually move them. Um, other risks are like your teeth might feel a bit tender the first couple of days. So I actually, I actually didn't really appreciate this until I did my own treatment. And for the first two days I was taking ibuprofen because it, so, it was really sore. Now yeah. my pain threshold is quite low perhaps. <laughs> but definitely, you know, the first couple of days can be a little bit tender, can be a little bit sore. But to be honest with you, after that, you get used to it. And it, and that tenderness and that soreness go, tend, tends to go away. Other things, you know, um, that we have to be, we have to be cautious of. Obviously, we need to be careful making sure that we're um, brushing our teeth, flossing as normal. Um, and even more so sort of after we've eaten, we take, the, we take the aligners out to eat. So before we put them back in, after we've eaten, we need to make sure that we brush our teeth 
teeth and floss just to make sure that we're not keeping any of the food and bugs and bacteria underneath the aligners being held against the tooth. Um, there, I mean, those are sort of, sort of the general risks, um, mm -hmm. I guess. Perhaps also your speech might be affected for the first few days. I tend, I tend to say um, to my patients, but it's great. This is just a really good excuse to talk as much as you possibly want, and no one can tell you to be quiet. So I, the more you talk, the quicker your tongue sort of gets used to the aligners in your mouth. So the better your, the better your ability to speak with them in gets. Um, and then there will always be sort of specific risks um, for specific patients. So, um, you know, perhaps if you've had previous um, gum disease or you're, we need to just be a little bit careful there. If you've got lots of recession or your gums are receding, we need to be a little bit careful there. And the, but the good thing is, is that with the Invisalign, um, because we can plan it digitally and we can control, I mean, the amount of control we have over the teeth is just incredible. Actually, yes, it is a risk, but we can manage that risk really well um, and reduce that risk um, as much as possible. Um, so um, for me, especially when I compare it to fixed braces, it tends to be a far more safer, um, far more safer treatment option. Yeah, do you know, a lot of patients ask what the risks of Invisalign are, but I think it's the risks. I don't think Invisalign has any particular risks compared to traditional orthodontics, because, you know, anytime you move a tooth, there is a risk that the root might start to resorb a little bit. There is a risk that the gums might start to recede. But like with anything, there are risks and there are benefits. And as long as the benefits outweigh the risks, then that's that's the right procedure to do. But yeah, I agree with you. I don't think there's any particularly high um, you know, risks that are associated with Invisalign only just obviously you have to wear them 22 hours a day when you take them out to eat, just be mindful to clean your teeth before you wear them. Um, but generally, it is very safe and we plan it very, very carefully. Um, coming to the planning part of things. So if somebody was coming, uh, was considering having Invisalign, what is the process? I mean, it's, it's a wonderful tool and we apply a lot of digital dentistry in Invisalign. We can do all of it pretty much digitally. Um, so what is the process of getting Invisalign for somebody who's considering it? Where, what we talk about uh, sort of within, sort of when we're talking to dentists when they're starting, their, starting providing Invisalign, we talk about something called the patient journey. So the patient journey will differ from, from practitioner from, to practitioner, mm. but generally speaking, um, what will happen is you'll have an initial consultation. Um, perhaps that might be online now. Um, mm. That might be in the clinic, depending on depending on what your um, surgery or your your dentist is doing at the moment. Um, then, if it was online, you'll be invited into the, into the practice for something that we like to call a record taking appointment. So. For at this appointment, um, I am doing a full clinical assessment. We are taking um, a 3D digital scan. So this is an impression. So we use a digital impression. Again, some dentists may take sort of a more traditional impression. Both work really well. They're just slightly different techniques. Um, we're then gonna take a, a clinical set of photos, which feels strange if you've never had a clinical photos taken because yeah. it's a little photo shoot of your mouth. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I call it, a professional photo shoot of your teeth. Yeah. It, it, feels, it feels a bit weird. Um, <laughs> 
And what we're also doing there is we're talking um, talking to you um, about what your expectations are, what you're hoping to achieve, looking to see if there are any specific risks that we need to just take into consideration, looking at the severity of, of your teeth, so how much work we think is going to be involved. If there's anything we need to do as well as straightening your teeth, because, you know, one of the things I talk about a lot is that um, Invisalign will make your teeth straight, but it wasn't, won't necessarily make your teeth pretty. So mm. you might have a chip in, chip in a tooth. Some of your teeth might be slightly worn. So once you've got the teeth straight, then we can address those issues as well. What happens is at the end of that, we sort of agree agree on what our sort of aims and objectives are for the treat of the treatment for you make sure that you're happy to go ahead and then we take all that information and we create something called a clin check so a clin check is a 3d representation of your treatment of your invisalign treatment so i can show you week by week, stage by stage, exactly how your teeth are going to move, exactly where the attachments were going, are going to be, exactly where the interproximal original slenderizing is going to take place, how long the treatment's going to, to take, and also if there's any sort of complex movements that we might need to just take into consideration that might take a little bit longer. Hmm. Um, so once, I, it tends to take me between a week and two weeks to do the planning, um, depending on how complex the case is. Um, and then after that, I, I now do it over Zoom. So we'll have a Zoom call and I'll present to you the treatment so I can mm. show you the ClinTech and we'll have a look at it. We'll share, share the screen, make sure that you're happy. Um, and there's a that really cool new innovation that's come out now is that we can show you the ClinTech within your face. So we can um, superimpose the ClinTech with, within sort of your face. So you can see exactly what your face well, it's a simulation, so exactly <laughs> one word. <laughs> but we can show you a simulation of what we expect the ClinCheck, sort of expect your teeth in your face to look like at the end of treatment, which is such, I mean, it's a mind-blowingly powerful tool. I had, um, I was treating one of my very good friends, actually, and she burst into tears when she saw it, uh, which was, I mean, it took me by surprise because she's not, she's not a crier. Um, <laughs> But she was just like, it, she found it overwhelming. And it was at that point she realized um, just how much of an issue her teeth were to her confidence mm -hmm. and how excited she was to embark yeah. on this journey. Yeah. Do you know what? I agree with you. I think it's such a powerful tool. Going through the clean check is so satisfying, first of all, for us yeah. to go through and to show <laughs> the patients. But they don't, they often don't believe it that that's their teeth. And also I found that when we get towards the end of treatment, so exactly like you said, that patient journey of going through, I think I feel like it's my own teeth almost every time I go through that Invisalign journey with a patient. And it's not until we get to the end of treatment and they have straight, beautiful teeth, especially if we've done something like whitening that makes a really big impact after the teeth are straight. So it's only then that they realize actually, how was I living with these teeth for as long as I was you know I have patients exactly like you said who actually who aren't criers who break down and they're like how was I living with these teeth and all of a sudden you find that this has an impact on their personal life on their professional life in terms of their confidence and I think things that people weren't noticing so maybe habitually they would not smile with their teeth or they'll place their hand in front of their mouth you know things that you wouldn't believe and it does actually make a really big difference to their life their quality of life and sometimes their oral health you know if the teeth are in a better position they're much better at keeping them clean and if they need any treatment it's much easier for us to do uh, and it's much more successful in that sense as well 
yeah absolutely absolutely I, I can I mean I completely agree I I sometimes think that when we're, when we're about to to fit the Invisalign so the first day when you come in to have the first liner fitted I'm more excited than yeah. patient because I can I'm like already imagining what it's going to be like at the end so I'm there and I'm like oh it's so exciting and they're like okay yeah it, it is exciting. <laughs> like, oh my gosh don't worry I'm like I'm bouncing off the walls yeah 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 exactly <laughs> and it's such and a happy time you see them yeah and every time you see them to go through that and um this actually brings us nicely to the next point in terms of monitoring how do you usually monitor your patients so we fit we plan everything we order the aligners we fit the aligners and then what is the monitoring and review process going forward from then so it's really interesting actually how the monitoring process has changed over over the last year with covid mm. so i um, we were actually talking about just before just before we started i think about how we're both slightly control freaks yeah. um so i i was like i always wanted to see my patients every four weeks and you know um i was quite quite not militant but i probably militant um, <laughs> at getting them in every four weeks <laughs> <laughs> and making sure I saw them and checking everything because I really wanted to make sure that everything was going to plan. Mm. Um, and then obviously COVID scuppered that. I mean, I had so many patients who were in Invisalign over when we couldn't see them. Mm. So I started doing online um, Zoom calls just to catch up with them, making sure everything was okay. Um, reaching out also just to make sure that relationship was still there and we didn't mm. sort of get lost. Mm. Um, and then Align brought out this new technology, which is uh, virtual care. So instead of the patient coming in to monitor, um, they take photos every week and they send those photos to me and I can check it against their plan and, and see if that see how they're getting on. So before it was every four weeks and I was like that really, you know, uh, satisfied my controlling. I want to know exactly what's going on nature. Then now even better, I get to see the patient every week. Um, <laughs> and that really satisfies my, my nature of wanting to make sure everything's going to plan. Um, and, you know, so now, so now we have moved to that virtual um so that virtual virtual way, which felt a bit strange, and I did think I was going to lose a bit of the, the control. What I found is I've, I've gained gained a lot more um, mm. because I can see week on week, and I can give advice week on week. So it works really well. It happens from sort of the comfort of the patient's house, and if I see something that I'm not happy with at that point, I'm asking asking the patient to come into the clinic mm. now. Um, mm. Which in sort of in this these times when we're trying to travel less um, definitely works well and keeps everybody safe yeah absolutely in terms of retention so as we know teeth like to go back to their original position so even after we've moved them we need to make sure that we are retaining the teeth in that position and a lot of patients who have Invisalign are patients who've had the traditional train track braces maybe in their teens and they didn't wear their retainers and the teeth have relapsed to their original position at least to some extent maybe not fully but they have started to become crooked again what is your retention protocol and what do you usually tell your patients uh, in terms of long-term care after they finish their Invisalign treatment? Yeah, so we see this all the time. I think the majority of my patients probably had braces when they were younger, mm. didn't wear their retainers or lost their retainers um, and are now have relapsed and are in treatment again. I mean, um, 
they all seem they feel they everyone seems to feel quite guilty about that um but it's so common there's no need to feel guilty I mean even myself I had I do think I did I mean I had a head brace a removable retainer and fixed retainers I had the works when I was a teenager and got got the end and within about six months I broke my retainers and instead of I was I was kind of scared to tell my mom so I hid them under my bedside table And obviously my teeth relapsed. Um, so it's really common and it's nothing to feel sort of guilty about because actually the messaging that we were told um, sort of previously was that we only needed to retain our te- teeth for a year mm. because typically it takes about seven months for sort of everything around the teeth to, to settle. Um, that's what we, you know, if we're looking under microscopes, that's what we see. So we were like a year, plenty of time. Um, and actually that, that thought has shifted. So today we now know that retention needs to be for life or as I like to put it, as long as you want straight teeth for, you might yeah. decide, you might get to 17, you might go, actually, I don't care about my straight teeth anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you might just you might you know it, it different from every person um so yes retention is the biggest commitment so getting your teeth straight yes might take us six months nine months a year 18 months but the retention is actually the big, biggest commitment so there are two types of retainers you've got the fixed wire which goes on the back of the sort of front teeth so either the front four or the front six teeth and then we have um what are typically called nighttime retainers now interestingly um a lot of people think that if they have the fixed wire retainers they don't need the nighttime retainers and that's that's actually wrong so the nighttime retainers are the important ones because they're holding all your teeth mm. together as one unit so they're going to make sure that nothing sort of slips out the one of those sort of cheeky teeth at the back doesn't start wandering <laughs> off which they really do um so for me um again I know with the controlling thing I like to, I like to sleep at night so I like to go for the most retention for most people so typically my patients will have the fixed wire and then also the nighttime retainer um mm. which um I get them to wear for six months uh, during the evening so once they finish work they pop it in and then overnight um, and then after six months going down to night times only um, mm. sometimes that can change so there are certain people's teeth who are who we know are at higher risk of relapse so if 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 you fall into that category then I would ask you to wear the retainer the nighttime retainer six months full-time so almost like an aligner 22 mm. hours a day um, just to really try and make sure those teeth aren't going anywhere yeah absolutely I think retention is probably one of the most important things about the treatment because you've spent all this time energy and money to get the teeth in a position that you want and if you're not wearing your retainers then they could potentially relapse and that's something that we we always talk about yeah absolutely it's something actually I talk about right at the very beginning um so because I think you need to like you need to understand if there's a like the commitment going forward um so it needs to be spoken about on that, that first appointment um, just so that so everyone's on the same page yeah and you know some people might choose not to have the fixed retainers for example because they might find it difficult to keep the teeth clean but as long as they're aware of the risks and know that it's not the gold standard then that's fine I think all we can do is, is just nag people the rest of it is up to them <laughs> yeah absolutely I do I actually do tell my patients I'm gonna <laughs> nag them 
there are actually, but there are some times when I won't put a fixed retainer in. So uh, your last podcast was on, um, or one of your previous podcasts was on composite um, bonding. So if patients have got really extensive composite bonding or composite mm. veneers, then typically I won't place a fixed retainer because that makes the, the maintenance of the mm. composite so much harder that we're going to, we know we're going to need to replace it sooner. So there's always this like checks and balancing balances that we're weighing up and I suppose what I try to do is um I suppose I, in some some circumstances I'll, I'll make a decision but most of the time um it's a decision we're making with the patient so it's mm. about a you know talking about the risks and benefits as you said of both options and then letting the patient decide because at the end of the day it's your teeth yeah <laughs> you're exactly. the one who has to be in the driving seat because yeah. you're the one who has to carry them around 24 hours a day I just see yeah. them every <laughs> occasionally. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Thank you so much, Millie, for joining me today. I think I can talk about Invisalign for days, but I think this has been a really concise, um, just an insight into what Invisalign is and what it does. And thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a real pleasure. And um, hopefully I will get to see you soon. <laughs> I really hope you enjoy this episode and hopefully learned a few things. It was so lovely speaking to Millie about this and just remember to speak to your dentist if you are considering having Invisalign done. As always, I would love to know what you thought of this episode, so feel free to reach out to me on Instagram at Dr. Shadi Manucheri. There will be a new episode every week, so please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast to never miss an episode and I can't wait to speak to you soon. Bye.